Shut up and sit down. Why is picking what you're going to start with the hardest thing about a podcast? I don't know why. For me, it is. Once we get going, it's all flow. But for me, it's like, how do we start? Do we start with hello? Do we start with what's up? Do we start with, uh, hey, guys, you know, do we make it the same every time? Do we switch it up? Go off the top of the head? I, I never know. Um, and it's always the it's always the worst bit for me. It's like, how the fuck do we jump into this thing? But we just jump in like we have done now. Uh, so there you go. Um, welcome to the show, guys. This is the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl, and this is episode 58. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. And if you're a repeat listener, then welcome back. Um, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the show. The numbers are tracking well, and we have you only to thank for that, because I don't listen to the show. I just put it out there and see what happens. But... Um, couple bits up front just where you can get us at obviously download us on soundcloud uh follow the page on soundcloud itunes as well download and subscribe to that but most importantly on those platforms we want your feedback we want to know what you guys think about the show um you know give us your commentary we want to we want to know we want to know what you're feeling what you want change what you don't like what you do like you know all that good stuff it just helps um so you can get us there as well and you can also follow us on facebook and twitter and we put some other bits out on there occasionally it's not too active we generally link the shows there uh when they come out on soundcloud and then again when they come out on itunes because obviously there's a few days in between um those two things uh there will be some delays i've been told from apple over christmas um but again i'm away so i'm not sure how much of uh how much content i'm gonna actually put out then uh in december so we'll see what goes on but for now let's get into it because it's been a big fucking week guys huge week and nothing bigger really at the moment than than the news that's on everybody's Twitter page or their Facebook page or whatever is the results of the midterm elections. And, you know, it's probably a decent place to jump right in and start uh, because it was quite significant. Obviously, you know, if you haven't been, you know, if you've, if, if you've been sleeping under a rock that you wouldn't have heard, if you haven't, then you would have. Uh, but the Democrats have taken back control of the House of Representatives, you know, which is quite significant in terms of being an obstruction for uh, Donald Trump running amok and doing what he likes when he likes because before this he had control of the uh, of the House, of the Senate, and of the Supreme Court. And for a guy like Donald Trump, that is a scary proposition uh, to put in one person's hand. Like, who, who's as volatile as that, right? Um, and this really allows a break in the chain Right. Where he could just say, I want to do this and take it to the Senate and win a majority there, get it through the uh, or take it to the House, get it through there, uh, get a majority through there, get it to the Senate. They own the Senate. The Republicans own the Senate. So it was going to go through there, you know, and it would be passed. So this is a nice breakup. And I think it really signifies hopefully a change in mentality in, in a large uh, number of people in the U.S. because they were obviously mobilized. Whether that will maintain, you know, is yet to be seen. But I can imagine that you know Trump's only going to double down on his behavior, and hopefully that will be counteracted with a sustained effort of um, political activity by the citizens. And yeah, I mean, like if it is, that's it's going to be amazing because I mean, look at the diversity change that's just happened in the midterms. You've had 118 women elected to the Senate now, um, or to uh, to Congress, and you've got Muslims, you've got black women, you've got Hispanic women, you've got an openly gay uh, man that's been elected. You've got, you know, there's there's so, there's so much so much has transpired in the past week in terms of just that shift, um, and now let's see what happens because that's a true or a more true representation of what America looks like, how America thinks, what America believes, how they interact with one another. And this old white man's club shit 
has to go, has to go, because that's not our world. Yes, we live in an elitist world. Yes, the majority of the wealth is reserved and and held by a very, very small percent of people. But the the troops, man, the people on the ground, the fucking real citizens of this world, not these, you know, up on high cunts that, you know, are just hoarding wealth and doing really nothing but taking um, and, you know, lie as a method of truth and, you know, all this shit, you know, fuck those guys, fuck those guys. That's not the world. That's not the world. And I'm pleased by some of the results. Obviously, some you know, namely Florida still has a lot of catching up to do, um, you know, Texas as well, you know, Ted Cruz won there, um, beat Beto O'Rourke, um, you know, Andrew um, Gilliam, is it Gilliam? I think it's Andrew Gilliam uh, in Florida lost to this uh, Ron DeSantis guy who's a fucking just piece of shit. If you've heard him talk for three minutes, you'll know. Um, so, you know, some good things and some things still to play for, but overall really encouraged. I mean, obviously the Republicans have gained ground in the Senate now, uh, not gained ground, uh, pulled ahead with their majority in the Senate, but at least there is some, at least there are some hurdles now, at least there are some checks and balances that, you know, can potentially balance out the chaos that was currently ensuing you know, something as simple as having a person who believes in climate change running, you know, a department that looks after environmental protection, you know, um, things like that are important. And you can you can tell that Trump is pissed, even though he attempted to put on a victorious face and message, you know, because they won the Senate seats, the additional Senate seats and things like that. But when he did his press conference last night, if you've seen it, Wow. Um, in his press conference last night, he, you know, he claimed it as a victory, but then he started going after his own party. People who didn't take the embrace was what he said. Basically didn't let Trump hug him and show up at his rallies. The people that distanced themselves from Trump, you know, who weren't successful in their, uh, in their reelection or in their elections. Basically, he went around saying, you know, if you vote for this guy, it's a vote for me. So he was appealing to his base. And some politicians in the Republican Party were like, no, nah, we're, we're actually going to stay away from this because of the negativity surrounding the president at the moment. And so he started calling them out by name. Oh, this guy, you know, Mia Love, he said, she didn't show me any love. You know, I showed her plenty, but she didn't show me any love. And now she lost. Too bad, so sad type of shit. Like real juvenile bullshit. Um, and then it just, you know, it signified the fact that he's not happy because now he knows there are certain things that can transpire, such as, you know, in to, uh, investigation into things like his taxes, um, a more considered investigation into the, you know, into the Russia probe that Mueller is investigating, you know, uh, the ties of the Trump organization in money laundering and, uh, and contract fixing and things like this, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of things that they can dig into now. Uh, there's a whole, a whole lot more accountability now than there was last week. And that's a good thing, especially for a guy who's maniacal like Trump is because, you know, he's all about himself. He's all about, you know, getting what he wants to further his own agenda, not in any way, shape or form for the interest of the people. You only have to investigate his tax cuts. You only have to look at the reduction of uh, regulations that he's put that will affect the environment. Um, you know, this is a very top down. It's, it's Reaganomics, right? It's trickle down economics. It's very, very simple. It's, um, it's tax cuts for the most on the, on the top and, uh, and temporary shit for, you know, the working class, the four point, you know, percent I've said it again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is a fucking blip. It's not sustainable and it's not realistic. And more importantly, it's got very little to do with the shit that Trump's done. Okay. Go ask the farmers in the Midwest how they're getting on. And the factory workers, go ask them how they're getting on. If they feel any richer, if they feel any more secure, fuck out of here. Like, 
anyways, you can see that this victory for the Democrats in the House has really rattled him because he was unstable from the jump in this interview that he gave last night in this press conference that he gave. But it only got worse as it went on and opened up to uh, reporter questions because he basically, well, he didn't basically, he fucking did, but he, he threatened and basically, well, why do I keep saying basically? Not basically, he did threaten Jim Acosta and put him on notice that he thinks he should be fired and then removed his press credentials. I mean, this guy is so unhinged. And this intern who, if you've seen the footage, she walks up to Jim Acosta and tries to snatch the microphone out of his hand. And now what they're trying to do, Sarah Sanders is trying to spin it to say he hit her. I mean, they don't even have the concept that these things are recorded. And some of the idiots that are um, that support these guys have come out and said, oh, the footage that was released has been slowed down so it doesn't seem as severe. Like they slowed down him moving his hand towards her so it doesn't look like he's slapped her. It looks like he's gently pushed her. And if you played it in real time, it'd look more like a karate chop is what one person on Twitter said. I mean, these people are fucking mental. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's on tape. What are we talking about here? It's on tape. You know, the a couple of the black reporters were asking questions about, um, you know, his nationalist uh, comments that he made last week or the week before. And he called the black reporters racist for asking a question about his statement claiming he is a proud nationalist. This is what's going on. <laughs> and then... Right? We're not done. We're not done. This is in the space of six hours. <laughs> he fires Jeff Sessions because he's been mad at him for recu recusing himself from the Mueller investigation because he was involved in it. Um, and now that the Democrats have won the House back, he fired him so he could put somebody that was a loyalist of Trump in there in place as a temporary measure of protection or going after to shut down the Mueller investigation. So he basically put his own puppet in there where he thought, you know, Sessions would be a puppet and Sessions recused himself. He knows Rod Rosenstein's not going to do anything. So he's tried to put somebody in temporarily above Rob Ro Rod, Rodens Ro Rod Rosenstein to try to get this, this, uh, this investigation finished and stopped. Um, personally, I think it's too little too late. I think Mueller is a very, very thorough investigator from all accounts, a very honest investigator. And I suspect that the amount of work that he's put in already is probably going to be pretty damaging, but we'll see. It might not even be for Trump. It might be just for his son. And then we'll see what happens off the back of that. But the fact that Sarah Sanders is sitting there on Twitter coming out and saying, you know, he assaulted this White House intern and the president is right in calling Jim Acosta the enemy of the people. Like he's basically said that's public enemy number one right there. You know, is that not open, open hunting day on uh, open season uh, for hunting journalists and stuff like, you know. On the flip side of it, you've got fucking Antifa showing up at Tucker Carlson's house, banging on his door and threatening him. Like, these people are out of control. And I don't care if it's left or right. Anybody on the extreme of anything is a fucking piece of shit because there's no moderated thinking there. It's just going with a herd and going with a crowd and, and a small crowd that, you know, are easily outraged, conveniently outraged and just want some sort of a cause to be a part of and then take it one step too far because nobody's ever on their side enough. And if you're not the most for that cause and the most extreme version of that, and you know, you can be an extreme progressive, you can be an extreme racist, you can, you know, there's all levels of nuance and, and, and degrees of severity involved in this stuff. And if you're on the outskirts of anything, you can fuck off because I know you don't think right. If you have no moderated thought process in terms of considering both sides and a centrist position on the fact that it's not all or nothing, 
and that we live in a very gray world with very gray topics, solutions, opinions. Everything is an amalgamation and a crossover in some way, shape, or form. But if you live on the fringes, then you'll be treated as such. And so you should because we don't have any time, place, need for people who don't moderate their thinking. I heard an interview with a man that, you know, basically just puts Jesus into the conversation about, well, it's his will and he brought us Trump, so it must be right. So whatever he says, I'll go with. Even if it's the fact that Jesus was apparently quoted as saying, you know, give us your tired and shit. No, that's on the Statue of Liberty. Um, you know, but he was all about helping. He was all about, you know, he was, he could have been, you know, he could have been born as anything is what the Bible says, right? Like he, he's the all powerful son of God and he could have came down as anything, but he came down as a, as a poor infant baby, you know, vulnerable um, amongst, you know, amongst the rest of the world and yet blossomed to take all of this pain and suffering from everybody. You know, he was a refugee, effectively. He was a wanderer, you know. Um, and you've got this migrant caravan of a few thousand people strolling up to the border, which Trump calls an invasion. I don't know if he knows what an invasion actually is, um, because it's not one where they're like, hey, uh, there's 4,000 of us. We'll be there in like a week and a half, two weeks, depending on traffic. Um, mode of transportation, sickness, resources, and water. You know what I mean? Like that's not really an invasion. That's that's kind of like a like a like a like a warning. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna come and we're gonna try to get some asylum over there. You know? And his fucking response is, oh, we'll let some some soldiers down there. Like an invasion. Get the fuck out. And he doubled down on it in his interview last night. You know? He I consider it an invasion. Well, you're a fucking moron then. You know? Um, but just to wrap on this, because I think, you know, that's enough crazy on that topic. We've got plenty other crazy, <laughs> um, but on the Trump crazy, I just think, you know, the, you know, the hourglass is, uh, is emptying and the grains of sand are falling, you know, and it, it may seem like a slow process, but, you know, before you know it. It'll all be in the bottom and everything will have fallen through. Um, and I just think it's an inevitable. Um, you, you just can't, you can't be a leader in this day and age. And I say that, but it's like Brazil have gone right wing. Italy have gone right wing. You know, fucking, you know, there, there's plenty of examples where, you know, this type of rhetoric is being eaten up and voted for. But I just think it's a pendulum swing. You know, we go one side, ultra progressive, you know, we go from Obama to Trump, you know, and it's like, are we going to swing back the other way? Well, if the midterms are anything to indicate, then I would say that there's a good chance, but we'll see. It has to be sustained. So, um, so that's, that's what's crazy on that side of the pond, except for, um, (laughs) these fucking celebrities, man, I swear. Um, I saw this thing. It was a clip on the internet of Kira Knightley who was on Ellen telling Ellen that she, uh, Kira Knightley does not let her daughter watch. Um, I think it was C- Cinderella and the little mermaid. Right. And her reasoning is, um, you should never want a man to come rescue you. Right. From for Cinderella and don't give up your legs for a man or some shit like that. Like, hey, Kira Knightley, stop being a loser. Like, what are you fucking talking about? They're fairy tales. They're not gender biased. They're not promoting an, an unequal distribution of wealth or earning potential. They're fucking fairy tales about falling in love, overcoming, you know, struggle. They have underlying moral values in them and they're fucking cute and they're a hundred years old and they're classics so fuck off fucking Kira Knightley so stupid man I just don't get these people that you know 
again, convenient outrage, right? You're you're mad at Cinderella. You're mad at fucking Walt Disney from 1940-whatever. Or from The Little Mermaid. You're mad. Like, there's a debate whether... Um, what's the one? Uh, Ursula, is it, in The Little Mermaid? Whether she's black or if she's transgender. Hey, she's a fucking human-octopus hybrid the fuck are you talking about? It's a cartoon. Kira Knightley, don't give your man, don't give your legs up for a man or don't give your voice up for a man, right? To, to find a man. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's a dinglehopper. Like, she's fucking, she's a mermaid. She came on land. Like, fuck off. Fucking celebrities, man. Ultra progressive cunts. Fucking vegans and shit. <laughs> um, uh, what else? What else is going on? Fuck, I don't even know. Um, did we talk about Canada running out of weed? I think we did on the last show. Um, oh, man. Have you seen this uh, this video of the little bear on the mountain with his mom? Oh, my God. Talk about resiliency. Talk about struggle. You know? Talk about things you have to worry about. Fucking a little mermaid. Um this little bear, man, it's, you know, it's mom's climbing, obviously coming out of hibernation or something like that. And it's climbing up a mountain to go and hunt or do whatever the fuck bears do. Um, and the little guy is climbing up after her and he slides down and he climbs back up and he slides down even farther. And he slides up and he almost makes it and she swipes for him and he falls all the way down and almost goes off a cliff. It's insane. It's insane. And then he, he goes for it and, uh. He, he fucking makes it. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like a three minute video and there's a drone filming it. And it's just, it's just, it's just so cool to see resiliency like that. And you know, you're so happy for him after and she's waiting and she's following him and she's like, Oh fuck, fuck, fuck. Come on, come on, come on. You know, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And you can, it's funny because it's a, as the little cub is climbing up the hill before he slides down on one of his attempts, you see this big shadow fly over him. And it's clearly a fucking, a, a bird of prey, um, you know, looking for a snack, looking for a meal uh, in the dead of winter. But uh, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool video, man. I don't know why I brought that up, but I just thought about it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to Latvia this weekend uh, with a few of my friends and a few of their friends uh, who I'm not really that familiar with, but it's going to be an absolute shit show. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do a show today because, um, you know, probably for the next four days, I'm going to be <laughs> somewhat incapacitated to, to, to say it lightly. Um, so a friend of ours is uh, expecting a baby in December and this is kind of marked as his little baby shower, as it were, uh, little male, uh, little baby stag. Um, little go away before the end of the year um, and he has his kid so there's about 12 of us going and we're flying out there and I don't know anything about Latvia I don't know what there is to do over there I've had a little look there doesn't seem to be much of anything uh, other than a few museums and shit and then there's you know obviously you know pubs and bars and whatnot but I don't know anything about it um, except it's, it looks super Eastern European which it definitely is um, but I suspect it will just be carnage all weekend. Uh, you know, a typical lab trip. And I realize, I don't think they do this in like North America. Like, I don't think like guys go away like this because, you know, America is so big. Um, but like for England, it's just like, you can hop on a plane in four hours. You're like six countries away, you know, different culture, different language, different history, like different everything. Um, but that's going to be interesting. So I wanted to jump on and just uh, and give a quick recap of uh, of the week and, and what's been happening, you know, before before I'm unable to speak and it takes me a week to recover from this trip because I'm not even joking. That's probably what's going to happen. So uh, it's going to be lots of excess. But the truth of the matter is, I'm a lightweight. Like I used to be able to drink with the best of them. But I think in the last, 
five years maybe, my tolerance for booze has gone down the toilet, which, you know, I really don't care about, to be fair. Um, it just it just makes you a bit of a liability when you go away on these trips because, you know, when you've got friends around you on these trips that can literally drink for 12 or 13 hours or more straight and, you know, you've got a maximum upper limit of like three hours, um, it can be, it can become a bit precarious. So we'll see how we go. But the, uh, the idea is to stack lots of food in the belly and, and hopefully absorb some of that and then maybe take a break and go get a massage or something and take it, take a couple hours out. Um, so we'll see, but it's going to be fun. Uh, the weather's looking okay. It's going to be chilly. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good. I've never been out there. I don't know if you guys have been out there, but, um, I heard it's actually, a place that's growing for like stag dues and partying and, and all of that. So <sighs> tick off even more shit that I don't want to do. I just want to go and, uh, and hang out with the boys for a bit. So it'll be good. Um, but yeah, that's, um, it's going to restrict probably the earlier part of next week. So I'm probably not going to get to be, uh, to get to do another show. And obviously with the midterms, um, I wanted to jump on before the end of the week and before, you know, most of the momentum had died down. But I didn't realize we were going to get that gem of a press conference from that fucking idiot last night. I mean, that was just absolute gold. He um, he is he is not good under pressure, huh? He completely flips out under pressure, you know, but. Um, <laughs> funny, it's kind of a kind of a segue, actually, but, you know, talking about pressure you know, going back to last weekend with the UFC, Daniel Cormier, man, what a fucking athlete this guy is. You know, what a fighter this guy is. He absolutely mauled Derek Lewis. There was gonna, really no surprise about it, but um, I thought maybe he would have taken a couple more shots from, from, from Derek Lewis, but no, he didn't even fucking get touched. He maybe took two shots. Um, he just completely owned him with the wrestling and eventually submitted him and you know he is now active in his defense of the light heavyweight and heavyweight titles and in my opinion he has to be top three greatest of all time has to be you know it's it's undeniable now he's just accomplished so much and he's still undefeated at heavyweight it's insane like i've said it before but it's just if you're if your name's not john jones you're gonna lose to daniel cormier pretty much like, I can't see who else beats him, you know, even at his age. It's fucking crazy. But um, congratulations to him. That was an amazing, um, an amazingly dominant performance. And it just shows you that how clear the levels are in this game. And Derek Lewis was ranked number two. And the gap between number two and the champion is years, years and years and years. Um, so just really interesting because, you know, He's just, I mean, you talk about good under pressure. You talk about performing, you know, when it counts the most. You talk about being a good guy, a humble guy, a family guy, a sweetheart of a man. I've met him myself. You know, he is the antithesis of a guy like Donald Trump. Um, but, yeah, just that fighter mentality and that and that disciplined mentality is um, is ever-present on on a guy like DC. And, and, and I just love the guy. I think he's fucking brilliant. And, uh, and he was when I met him. So uh, congrats to him. There's another uh, card coming up this weekend, like Yair Rodriguez, uh, I think, is fighting the Korean zombie in the main event. But, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to be around for that. So I'm probably not going to watch it unless it gets recorded and I watch it next week. But to be honest, I'm probably not going to. Um, the next one I'm looking forward to, obviously, is uh, in December when John Jones and Alexander Gustafson fight and Cyborg and Amanda Nunez fight. Um, that, that's going to be a hell of a card. So that's on the, I think that's the 29th of December. Um, I'm sure there's something in between then, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but what I thought was funny in the fight game, <laughs> and, and I'm on the fight game because I'm watching this TV show on, I'm watching the show on Netflix called Fight World with Frank Grillo. And if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out because it's fucking brilliant. It's not just about fighters um, having matches and bloody this and bloody. It's not that at all. It's uh, it's really a, it's it's a documentary series about people um, who happen to be fighting in different parts of the world. And it goes to Thailand and it goes to Senegal. And um, I actually just got finished with the Senegalese 
uh, wrestlers. It's called Lumba, I think it's the, the way they say it. And it's wrestling with strikes, with punches. Um, and it's it's incredible. It's such a great um, it's such a great episode, and it's a re- it's turned out to be a really good show. Uh, Frank Grillo is um, he I guess he's kind of been like a B actor up until this point. He's huge in Asia. Like apparently he's got like the second biggest movie of all time uh, in uh, in China or something like that. Um, but you know he's one of these action guys, right? He or he plays a cop or something like that. Um, but He's a massive fight fan, apparently, and he does a great job interviewing the fighters and interviewing the people and narrating it. And it's, it's great. You should definitely check it out. Um, but I thought it was funny that uh, out of fucking out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Floyd Mayweather's like, I'm having an MMA fight with some guy in Ryzen. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And then I'm like, so the first thing is like, is this an MMA fight? And is this actually happening? <clears throat> and then when I saw the press conference photos, I was like, oh my God. And then the kid put out a post on Instagram saying, I'm going to beat him. I'm going to like, you know, I have to beat him. I'm going to beat him. And I was just like, well, how can this be? Because there's no way Floyd can enter a match that involves kicking. Because he just die- He just gets killed. There's just absolutely no way. There's no conceivable um there's no there's no conceivable outcome i can picture that has floyd winning if the other fighter is an accomplished fighter and holds a discipline that includes kicking because that's a game changer it's a range changer it's a defense changer it is a complete game changer just to add that one element in not to you know, not to say elbows, not to say takedowns, not to say jujitsu, not to say you know wrestling, you know all of these things in MMA that come into play. If you just add the legs, it's a different game that Floyd's never played before. And it, and, and if he was to be fighting anybody that was halfway competent within a kicking discipline, he's dead, categorically dead. You can use a front kick as a jab. Floyd would never be able to touch you. And then there's leg kicks. And if you've never taken a leg kick before, one of them is going to put you on the floor. Simple as that. It's just simple as that. So I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, how can this be? But sure enough, it was it was gaining some ground, gaining some momentum. And then, of course, Floyd comes out yesterday and says, uh, this was supposed to be an exhibition in front of a few rich uh, people, not something that was going to be televised or something. It's like, fuck off, mate. What were you doing at the press conference then? That looked like a press conference where you had a sweatsuit on. Like, and I'm, I don't mean a sweatsuit like a, like a track suit. I mean a sweatsuit like a sauna suit. Like, it looked ridiculous. But he's come out and he said, no, this was supposed to be an exhibition. There is no fight. Sorry to disappoint you. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? You know, but I think he's just doing it to keep his name in the press, you know, and maybe doing that to to to, to keep Connor involved. I don't fucking know. But uh, it, it was a bit sad, to be fair. Um, and I just felt a bit cheapened uh, by the whole thing. But it is what it is. Um Floyd is never going to have an MMA fight. If he does, he dies. He gets pummeled. It's just a different thing. Can you imagine if a guy, I mean, not not, not Israel, because he's fucking enormous, but I mean, you could give, I don't know, Gary Lineker in the UFC to Floyd. You could give, I mean, Demetrius Johnson would be a fucking joke. He would absolutely murder him, and he's not in the UFC anymore. But any of those guys... Any of those guys. You could give a one and one guy, a one and oh guy, a two and one guy, like a real beginner, but actually has been, you know, practicing MMA as a discipline. He murders Floyd Mayweather. Like, people just don't understand. Um, but it is what it is. It's off now. It doesn't seem to be, um, doesn't seem to be going on. So, um, so, so that's that, I guess. Um, just a shame that he was, you know, kind of shit talking and, and and couldn't have just said that from the jump. So switching topics again, as we do here, because we fucking go all over the place and that's okay because that's what we do and that's how we like to roll. The last thing I want to talk about today is something that's been bothering me for a while. Uh, something that's been troubling the um, 
the city I live in and call home for a while, and it just seems to be getting worse. Um, and doesn't there seems to be nothing being done about it, which is, I guess, the most troubling bit because it's turning into a proper problem where you have to concern yourself with where you go, when you go, uh, who you go with, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and I'm talking about I'm talking about the knife crime in London. I'm talking about the wave of of murders that have occurred um, this year alone in London um, at the how at the hands of knife crime. Um, you know, it's up to 118 or 120 or something like that already. Um, you know, I see people talking about this problem or this reason or you know this is the this is the cause of it or this is what would solve it um i'm not really hearing a lot to be honest nothing that nothing that's like nothing is definitive nothing that sounds like it could actually work um and i've touched on this a little bit before but I just think with some of the some of the things that I've been hearing over the past few days, I just wanted to readdress it because they're talking about changing the time of when students are let out of school. So it's harder for them to be targeted or so on and so forth because most of these knife crimes are happening to younger men. Um but I just I see that as a very futile way of dealing with a, a much larger problem because that's not going to make any difference at all. In fact, all it's going to do is put stress on parents um, and administrators to, you know, start organizing this stuff. And what if you have a, you know, a sibling in a younger class or in a class that gets dismissed at a different time than you, they're going to have to make those accommodations and maybe there's some carpooling there. Like it just it's a logistical nightmare. Um and what I've said before and what I stand by is the fact that we need to be making strict minimum, uh, mandatory minimum penalties in place for, for, for knife crime. For gun crime as well, but for knife crime, certainly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that you need a stop and, uh, stop and search protocol in place, most certainly. And you can do that through a clear characterization of who perpetrates these crimes. Um, I'm not talking about racial profiling. I am talking about demographically profiling. I am talking about profiling based on actual evidence. Just look at it, right? All you need to do is say men who are 13, 12, 13 uh, to 19, 20 that are congregating in a group that look a certain way or, you know, who are acting in antisocial ways should be subject to. And if they are found to have any knives in their possession, there shouldn't be an immediate detention in place. Um, and the investigation go should go family deep. And if the family are seen to be complicit or negligent, then they should be penalized too monetarily. And I suppose, oh, well, that could exacerbate the situation, right? Because you're putting young men in prison and things like that. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. What's better? What's better? we got to clean shit up, man. You know, it's, um, it's, it's high time. Like, you know who's not getting arrested under this profiling? Women that are uh, walking alone by themselves, um, trying to get home from the gym or from, you know, from a friend's house or from a social night out or from work, you know, they're not going to get profiled, you know, older men are not going to get profiled, older women are not going to get profiled, right? Individuals that are walking one at a time or, you know, by themselves or something like that, uh, you know, who is going to get profiled? People who are congregated four time riding fucking mopeds around that constantly have hoodies up when it's bright, you know, fucking daylight out, you know, people who are congregated four at a time, three at a time more, you know, these sorts of things. We know the hot spots. Cops know where the hot spots are. They can easily do this. They can easily make a sweep. And it needs to be done. It needs to be done. 
And there should be consequences that fall on the family if they're seen to be complicit or negligent in the raising of these children. Because we've got a babies having babies scenario that is exacerbating these problems of antisocial behavior. And we just can't have it anymore. Now, taking funding away from the police officers is another retarded measure by the government. And that's really fucking smart when you've got, you know, one of the major cities of the world who's having a knife epidemic, you know, and a violence epidemic. You cut funding to the police? No, you do not. If I was a mayor of this city or if I was a prime minister of this country, they would be funded through the ass. They would be doing fucking nonstop recruitment. Their training protocols would be enhanced. They would have the best equipment. Like, what are you talking about? It's the same with the fire service, right? It's the same with doctors, right? There are certain things that should take all of our attention. Education is one of them, you know? And if we got to tax richer people to do this, then so be it. This is how it has to work. I'm not talking about complete socialism. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... A, a method of payment based on your responsibility as a citizen of a country. If you earn more, you should be giving more. There should not be loopholes for you to get around to avoid paying what you owe. And if you've worked hard, that's fantastic. You are an example of the community. But if you reside within a certain bracket, you should be required to pay a nominal amount more to help lift up the rest of the citizens in your country that are not as privileged or have not come from a you know a socially nurtured background to you know go through an education and put education first and get a good job or you know have not been able to avoid you know domestic abuse or alcoholism and drug addiction and and poverty and things like this that you know a very few select groups of people get to experience based on whose pussy they came out of you know who their dad was that nutted in their mom that's it they've got no claim to any fucking privilege other than blind luck and chance that's it so it is on the responsibility of those that have been more fortunate to break to help bring up the rest of those that have not but to undercut basic fundamental services that keep us safe, keep us warm, keep us, you know, disaster free. To be cutting those services is ridiculous. And in order to do a profiling measure, you need to be doing um, more in terms of public uh, exposure of the police, right? Which means there needs to be more of them, which means there needs to be a recruitment process, which needs, which means they need funding, That will help to curtail this problem. But also, if a 13-year-old knows that they're going to jail for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, like, let's ramp it up, man. You want to stop something, ramp it up. Because this shit is, is nonsense, man. There was a kid killed five minutes from my house coming out of a comedy store by somebody on a moped that wanted his iPhone. And this guy obviously had a few drinks and, and put up a bit of a resistance and he got stabbed to death in public on a main street, five minutes away from my house. Two years ago, there was a guy 30 seconds from my house that got stabbed just walking home. Like, this shit happens at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. It's like, what? The fucking grocery stores are still open that, at that time. And you got to worry about walking down the street. I, I check over my shoulder in the morning when I go to the gym. I go to the gym at 4.30 in the morning, quarter to five in the morning. And I constantly make sure I know who the fuck is coming down my road, if anybody. And before I turn a corner, you know, like I'm just aware. But it's like you, you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to live with that heightened sense of security all the time. Like, I get it that there are certain parts of, you know, of the city that are worse than others for various reasons, but you shouldn't have to, I live in fucking Greenwich, man, you know, like, not that I should be, you know, shielded in a bubble from all this shit, but come on, the fuck are we talking about here, man, random stabbings by, you know, it's just, it can't continue, it's not tenable. And I don't see anybody standing up and saying, why don't we fucking do something about this right now? The real lawmakers, the real ones that are fucking fumbling around with Brexit. 
you know, that can actually do something. You know, the mayor is a pussy. He needs to go. Sadiq Khan is a fucking waste of space. You know, he claims $4 million. Oh, I'm going to inject $4 million in investment for this borough and this. It's like, fuck off, mate. Stand up and do something, man. Go to parliament and lobby for the police to get more funding. The Met should be funded up the ass. It's, what are you talking, like, you're not doing anything. What the fuck are we paying you for? So it just winds me up that we've got such a problem on our hands and nobody seems to be taking anything that seriously. And I wish they would because, you know, until we get a hold of these little bastards and do something about them, they're going to continue doing it because they don't fear people. You get them alone and they're pussies. Nine times out of ten, they're little pussies. It's only group mentality that makes these guys emboldened. So you got to break that shit up. You got to fucking break that cycle of behavior. Of course, you got to invest in the community. Of course, there has to be social programs. Of course, there has to be mentorships. Of course, there has to be big brother type programs where, you know, less fortunate people have a way of uh, receiving guidance and, and mentorship and things like that. Of course, of course, that needs to happen. But that other shit needs to happen, too, because simultaneously they'll know I can go right or I can go left. If I go right, I can deal with a mandatory minimum sentence that's going to effectively ruin my life. But if I go left, then there's something there for me to do, productive with my time, sports, education, music, arts, whatever it may be, science, technology, whatever it may be. And I also have you know, some mentorship there to teach me the consequences of what happens if I go down the other route. Of course, these things all happen, have to happen simultaneously. But how come nobody's actually talking about it? We hear people say stuff, but they're not actually talking about doing anything. They're like, we should do this and we should do that. And it would be great if we could do this. It's like, well, who's going to who's gonna actually stand up and say, we're fucking doing this now? This is what's happened. We're putting this in place now. Popular or unpopular, if it gets results, right? If it stops people carrying kitchen knives in their waistband to carry out random attacks of robbery and petty violence and crime on unsuspecting people, it's just, it's untenable. It's untenable. And I wish people would fucking say something else about it. So I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I just, I feel... There's a lot of lip surface service being paid to this problem, but not a lot of action. And we're in desperate need of some action. You know, you can't even carry mace. As a female in the UK, you can't even carry mace. Did you know that? It's illegal. You can be arrested for it. We have an epidemic of knife crime and there's no proper mandatory minimum in place but you know if you carry mace to defend yourself and you get and you actually have to use it you can be arrested for that you know it's the whole stand your ground law or the absence of in this country you know it's like if somebody if somebody breaks into your house and you shoot them you can be charged with murder what or squatters rights so, like, if you're on holiday or something, I don't know exactly what the stipulation is, but there is something um, whereby if you're not present in your house and they can gain access without breaking in, I think it is, or show that they've broken in, uh, that they have they have the right to claim uh, domicile there. And they can claim that that's their place. They can claim squatter's rights on your house. The fuck are you talking about? Laws like this should be eradicated. Real leaders would just look at stupid shit like this and say, that's gone. That's gone. We're not having that anymore. Because anybody that would sign on to a law that continued a process or a practice where that was the case, and I couldn't come home and forcibly remove that person from my house, or I couldn't have the police come over immediately and remove that person from my house. There's a law in the books where I own something, yet I can be taken advantage of by somebody just because of a technicality in, um, you know, the law books. That's ridiculous. That sort of shit needs to be struck down immediately. Because what you get is you get a situation where, you know, people don't fear, fear the laws. 
and they just take advantage of them. And then normal citizens get taken advantage of as a result. So anyways, we need to step up and, and, and fucking do better with that. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know, there was something else I was going to mention, but I can't, I can't recall at the moment. So I think we'll probably just uh, probably peace out after this and, and, and just uh, and, and call it a day. So um, was there anything else I wanted to talk about? I don't think so. Maybe there was. I can't fucking remember. I'll, as soon as I stop recording, I'm sure there will be. So um, never mind. Uh, we'll catch it on the next show, maybe. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I can't believe how much we covered because it's like it's 50 minutes in and usually covering that sort of topic, uh, that sort of subject matter would take like way longer. So I don't know if I'm getting a little bit more uh, concise if that's right, but, uh, but it feels like it, it feels like it. And I hope you guys are enjoying the content anyways, but, um, again, let, let's just, let's wrap it up, eh? because we're, we're, we're all over the place and, uh, and, and we've had a decent show. So, um, check us out on iTunes, subscribe, feedback, rate, comment, all that good stuff. Check us out on SoundCloud. Um, if you're so inclined, we're on TuneIn and Stitcher as well, but I don't think we get much love from that. So um, it's generally iTunes, generally SoundCloud, uh, but you can always follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Quiet Part Loud. Uh, those are the handles on both. And let us know what you think, man. We want to hear from you. Um, subscribe, tune in, all that good stuff. We'll be back next week. Like I said, I'm, I'm going on this trip with the boys uh, for the weekend and that starts this evening. So I will be offline uh, for a good few days. And then hopefully once I've recovered from that, I'll jump back on. I'll let you guys know how that went uh, with the proper good parts omitted because we don't talk like that. Um, and, uh, and what else has happened, you know, in the time we've been gone. So uh, for now, that's a wrap on episode 58. But I appreciate you guys as always. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm your host, Daryl. As always, uh, this is The Quiet Part Loud. And until next time, guys, all the best.